Hello, and welcome to another episode of Wealth Planning Illuminated. I am your host, Teresa Marks, a senior wealth strategist at CIBC Private Wealth in the U.S. I am joined today by my colleague, Amanda Regnier, who is also a senior wealth strategist at CIBC Private Wealth. In today's episode, Amanda and I will discuss prenuptial agreements, both the considerations for whether a prenuptial agreement may be right for you, as well as how a prenuptial agreement may protect you from the financial risks of divorce. This is part five in our five-part series focused on wealth protection and liability concerns. All right, let's get started. Many clients ask us about prenups, whether it's for themselves, maybe for their children, and really thinking about, you know, why do you need a prenup if you need a prenup? And I, I think prenuptial agreements, you know, sometimes get a bad name, right? It's, you know, it's just thinking about how to get out of a marriage or ju- it's just a contract. But I think it can really be a conversation and a really great place for a couple to start thinking about financial decisions and really kind of putting their own decisions into place mm-hmm. before there's potentially a motion of divorce or before a court gets involved. So if somebody's thinking about a prenup, again, whether it's for their own marriage or thinking about wanting their children um, to get a prenup before they get married, what are some of the considerations they should be thinking about as they engage in that type of planning? Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Most people think maybe they don't want one or it's unpleasant to think about. And I always say with prenups and with wills even, you don't think you want one maybe, but you already have one. The state right. you live in has already decided how your assets would be distributed in the event of a divorce mm-hmm. or even your death. Um, So a a prenup or a will is your opportunity to look at what the state says Mm -hmm. about your assets and your rights and decide whether that's what you would say. And if it's not, then go ahead and work with an attorney to write something different. That's for a will or for a prenup. So what happens to the assets that each spouse has coming into a marriage? What happens to the assets that either spouse either generates or receives Mm -hmm. or inherits? Uh, during the marriage, what happens to earnings on each of those parcels, mm-hmm. the assets you had before the marriage, the assets you have during the marriage, and what should happen in the event of a divorce? What kind of obligation do you have to each other mm-hmm. uh, for in terms of ongoing support? Now, there are some things you can't really monkey around with too much, which is the support of a child, right? right? The states are always going to say, there's certain things that can't be contracted away. Even if you have it in the agreement, there are mm-hmm. certain things that are going to be controlled no matter what, especially if it has to do with the best interest of a child. But but spousal support and separation of assets can be talked about in a nice, calm way right. while you're in love and before a divorce is anything that anybody um, is thinking about. And, you know, sometimes we do it to satisfy parents or other relatives. And Sometimes we do it because we've worked hard to build the things we've built and right. we don't want to risk, uh, you know, anything can happen, yeah. right? There's no guarantee. Yeah. So those are the reasons people might consider it. Well, I think it's also a nice way to get everything on the table, right? When you're when you're talking to your spouse about finances, sometimes when you're in that courtship process, you're pro- maybe not talking about it as much, but the prenup really gives you that opportunity to say, this is what I have, what do you have? And talk about those financial goals and you know really values in a lot right, of ways. Right, and you bring up a good point here. You must disclose what you have if you're going to have an enforceable prenup. Mm-hmm. Um, one spouse can't waive his or her right to the other spouse's assets if he or she doesn't know what assets they're waiving their right to. So uh, you must disclose everything. And if that's uncomfortable for you, you might 
want to consider <laughs> whether you're going down the right path, right? right, right. Um, so you have to be comfortable disclosing everything to your spouse in terms of your financial life and saying what it is you want to happen to those assets during your marriage uh, or after your marriage or anything like that. There are some formalities around prenups, right? You have to have separate attorneys. You each have to pay for your own attorney separately. Mm -hmm. This has to have all the same trappings as any other business agreement. So just like if you were going into business with your brother and you love your brother and everything's good, you're still going to want to have a partnership agreement that lays out what are my obligations, what are his obligations, Mm -hmm. and what happens if we decide to split the company up. doesn't mean you don't love your brother. It just means you're looking out for for all of the eventualities. Mm -hmm. So really thinking about that and making sure nobody's being pressured or going into something in a way that they don't really fully understand what they're getting into. Right, right. You brought up if it's for yourself or it's for another generation of Mm -hmm. your family. Um, that's where we can hit some real friction, right? Your child, your grandchild does not want to have a prenup and you're worried about what's going to flow down to them. The good news is, even without a prenup, most states have some level of protection over assets that are inherited. Those inherited assets aren't necessarily going to be subject to division Mm -hmm. in the event of a divorce. Now, Mm -hmm. there's a lot we could go into a lot of detail here that, right. that we won't for purposes of this conversation, but there's separate property states and there's community property right. states, but most of them treat inherited property as kind of sacrosanct as long as it's kept separate. Right. Right. Well, that's so, where trust can be helpful too, right? Exactly. Exactly. So um, you can, we can worry a little bit less about inherited property going to uh, be divided in a divorce as long as your child or your grandchild keeps that inherited property right. separately, separate. If they're going to mix it, it's going to be as vulnerable as anything else. So a trust is a way that you can uh, apply protections around this particular asset to make sure that it won't be vulnerable uh, from many risks, mm-hmm. one of which is divorce. Trusts can protect assets from any kind of creditors. Right. Divorce is one type of creditor. So you can say that the assets in the trust are available to your child or to your grandchild or whomever the beneficiary is. Um, either only in a trustee's discretion or only for certain purposes or only the income is or only a certain percentage of the principal is and make it really protected so that in the event of a creditor claim or a divorce creditor claim, uh, your your family member, your beneficiary can say, I I don't make the rules as to this asset. It's not mine. And even before it comes to that divorce or separation, your beneficiary doesn't have the opportunity to accidentally or intentionally share that money right. with their spouse in, right. in a way that you can't ever unwind. So there can be a backup plan if, if right. somebody doesn't agree to a prenup. So right. if somebody does you know, engage in prenup planning, what are how do state laws impact that? You mentioned kind of knowing what your state would say if you don't right. have a prenup. What, how, do, how does the state law impact? Right. Oh, I, I think the factor there is that different states have different rules mm-hmm. about how property and income uh, are divided mm-hmm. at, at the end of a marriage. And we live in a very sort of transient society these right. days. And people are likely, couples are likely to live in more than one state during the course of their marriage. So it's important to have language that uh, specifies in the document what you want to happen, not just uh, what what the state is that you're living in, because wherever you're getting divorced, that's going to be the state whose rules apply. Mm-hmm. So um, draft 
very specifically okay. about everything and don't leave it up to the state because you don't know what state you might be right. getting divorced in. And it might be a different state enforcing it at the time. So really exactly. thinking about what state law would apply and, and being able to right. plan right. around that. Right. Especially if you have specific plans, like we're going to get married in New York, but next year we're going to move to California. If you already know that, you're right. going to have a, a substantial part of your marriage happen in California. You're going to want to consult with a California attorney as well to make sure that the document contains the things that it needs to have. Um, and I, I picked two very different states there in mm -hmm. terms of separate property, community property, right. and what the laws are. Make sure it's it's broad yet specific enough to meet your needs. Mm -hmm. So what about couples maybe that are already married and are mm -hmm. kind of maybe looking at a change in circumstances? Yeah. You know, maybe came into the marriage one way, but then somebody has an inheritance or there was a, you know, a, a big, you know, there was a business that was, you know, kind of built by one or both. So what about a postnuptial agreement where, again, you can kind of look forward and sure. not necessarily say we're going to get divorced, but sometimes I think it's those change in circumstances in a, in a marriage that kind of go, huh, maybe we should think about this before it gets bad. Yeah. Is that I an mean, option? This is, a, this is a question I got from a client pretty recently. They were already married. Both uh, spouses came from families with significant wealth. Uh, and one spouse had most of his wealth in a trust and the other one didn't. And they were looking to buy an apartment in Manhattan and they were looking to her to come up with the funds for the, mm -hmm. for the purchase. And that's an opportunity, they did not have a prenup and that was an opportunity right there to say, okay, I can contribute this property to mm -hmm. something that's gonna belong to both of us, but we're gonna have to have some parameters over um, what happens to right. this asset in the event of a divorce, right? Do I get my initial investment back? Do I get to keep the apartment? Do we mm -hmm. split the growth? How does that work? What would the law say happens? And are we okay with that? So, so really being able, again, whether you're before marriage or after marriage, again, being able to have those really important conversations right. before there's the emotion of a potential separation or ultimately a divorce. Right. right. Again, getting ahead of any sort of, you know, divorce in the future. Exactly. Either one can be enforceable if the right um, requirements are satisfied. And of course, it can't be a condition of getting married, right? right. You can't force somebody to take it. Right. It can't be a condition of, of, you know, some other action. But uh, assuming that all the normal rules of contracts are satisfied, either a prenup or a postnup can be really effective to help you protect either what you came into the marriage with or, or potentially um, what was achieved or generated during the marriage. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Wealth Planning Illuminated. We hope you found this topic interesting and that you will continue to explore the variety of wealth planning topics available to you on this channel. Thank you and have a great day. CIBC Private Wealth Management includes CIBC National Trust Company, CIBC Delaware Trust Company, CIBC Private Wealth Advisors Incorporated, all of which are wholly owned subsidiaries of CIBC Private Wealth Group LLC and the Private Banking Division of CIBC Bank USA. All of these entities are wholly owned subsidiaries of Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce. This document is intended for informational purposes only and the material presented should not be construed as an offer or recommendation to buy or sell any security. Concepts expressed are current as of the date of this publication only and may change without notice. Such concepts are the opinions of our investment professionals, many of whom are chartered financial analysts and charter holders or certified financial planner professionals. Certified Financial Planner Board of Standards Incorporated owns the certification marks CFP and Certified Financial Planner in the U.S. There is no guarantee that these views will come to pass. Past performance does not guarantee future comparable results. The tax information contained herein is general and for informational purposes only. CIBC Private Wealth Management does not provide legal or tax advice, and the information contained herein should only be used in consultation with your legal, accounting, and tax advisors. To the extent that information contained herein is derived from third-party sources, although we believe the sources to be reliable, we cannot guarantee their accuracy. 
The CIBC logo is a registered trademark of CIBC used under license. Investment products are not FDIC insured, may lose value, and are not bank guaranteed.